0: Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lowe, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I am so excited for today's tea with the amazing and powerful Vanessa Simpkins. Thank you so much for joining me today, Vanessa. And I'm so grateful the universe connected us and brought us together. How are you?
1: Yeah, Lauren, doing great. Thanks for having me on your show today.
0: Mm. Well, today's tea is on taking our power back, which Vanessa has helped Tons of women do, and it's arguably some of the hardest work we will ever do in our lives. And so, I'm really excited to get into that today. But I would love for you to just kind of give an intro about you, Vanessa, and anything you're also just excited about right now in your life.
1: Yeah, well, it's such a huge topic, you know, because women we give our power away in so many ways, right? We can yes. be in, as business owners, as women giving our power away. It always seems like that, right? Like where's the balance in our life? We can give our power away in relationships and lose ourselves. Yes. We can give our power away with our colleagues, our workers, our bosses. You can give your power away intimately, you know, in the bedroom. I mean, this is a huge topic and I got started in business as an entrepreneur as a coach helping women break through their visibility blocks, skyrocket their confidence and cash flow over 14 years ago long time. I went bankrupt in 2006. So I really got into the law of attraction. And then I was in a toxic relationship for eight years. And that's really what launched the movement, Take Your Power Back Now book and Women's Empowerment Movement, the story that I never wanted to share about exiting a toxic relationship. It was pretty dramatic one night in a hotel room, nearly died, escaped. And, you know, had a moment with God in you know, at the taxi, like, God, why is this happening to me? And had this booming voice say, so you can help women not fall into the same pattern. And that's how my purpose showed up in wow. a crisis, in a wake up moment. And I kind of sat on that story for five years because I didn't want to be the poster girl for like emotional abuse and toxic relationships. And I was like, let me just run around and look good with my like from bankrupt to making $900 a day selling mops book, you know, yeah. And your purpose kind of does that, you know, God will like squeeze you out of a, like a toothpaste, you know, your life will become really intense until you take that flying leap and show up for your purpose. So, the book came out in 2014. It launched a global movement. It, you know, I was on Fox, ABC, NBC television. I ran mastermind programs and helped thousands of women around the world take their power back. Now overcome fear and thrive. Really understanding mostly coaches and women entrepreneurs to really understand where their visibility blocks, what that's really about and then got married, I got divorced during the pandemic, moved to northern california, I live in mount shasta in this magical place. I used to live in hawaii. I go back there several times a year now. Hallelujah, we can travel again. I've made millions of dollars, you know, helping women with their confidence and cash flow strategies and then during the pandemic, I really had like my own like take your power back now 7.0 Decided that, hey, actually, I want my money to make me money. How do I deal with this incredible program that I've run for a decade that I don't want to do anymore? You know, mm-hmm. that's helped thousands of women and really did a, a lot of shadow work looking at what happened in my marriage. I woke up with, you know, a, a multi million dollar business and it would work for everybody else but me. So, you know, taking my power back there and a new relationship. And even in my new relationship, I still abandoned myself. Yeah. Now, not as bad as I did in my marriage, but I I still did. So, wow, it's been an incredible journey. And my life looks very different now. Yeah. I wake up in the morning. I work out in my gym. I've got a sauna in there. I go for hikes. I live two minutes away from a lake. Really looking at, okay, you know being true to myself in relationship with myself yeah, and having my money make me money. So I don't really have to work anymore.
0: Yeah. Mm, I love that. Thank you for that background and being so vulnerable. And I know we're going to get more into this work as we go, but I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions that I ask everyone that comes on and just whatever comes to mind. So The first question I ask is,
1: give me one word that describes you and your essence. Well, I could say inspiration. People have always said I'm very inspirational. I would say sensual. You know, there's a dancer part of me, like big time, love to dance, love to cook, really into embodiment these days, you know, through this whole journey. What I really discovered was that, you know, your issues are in your tissues, you know, like going and looking at trauma work, healing trauma in the body, getting back into yoga and dance is really what helped me the most. I love it. Um, Yep. So I'm turning my garage into like a goddess temple and uh, I love it. Yeah. I ordered a stripper pole. It's going to be here next week. I got rid of all the furniture from my old house. I mean, that thing was like piled up with furniture from my old life. I've got the infrared sauna in there and I'm going to put a backsplash for photography. So I love doing pictures with women as well. Like there's this saucy, sultry, sensual me that, you know, let's call it the sexual shadows, right? The part of you that like, is that okay to show everybody? And it's so interesting. I feel like that's really where I want to focus my time and attention and energy right now with working with women is in this embodiment piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the deepest healing can come. Yeah. Intimately, sexually with your bodies, movement. So I'm going to put it like a big photo. I'm going to make it like, it's a huge garage. So like big photo shoot area. And then I always love taking pictures out here in nature. There's waterfalls. There's a mountain here, lakes. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I love it.
0: Okay. Next question. What's your mantra for life?
1: Well, recently it's been what's meant for me can't miss me. And what misses me is not meant for me.
0: Done. Enough said. <laughs> what ritual makes you feel gorgeous?
1: Wow. Oh, dancing. Yeah. Dancing and or like getting really dressed up in these sexy little kitten outfits and doing photo shoots. Really. Love it. I, I don't think there's anything more sensual, sexy. And for International Women's Day this year, I posted a picture of me on Facebook. And it was so interesting because it was like a reclaiming of myself. It wasn't to put my tits out on Facebook. Okay? Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. But it was so interesting to post this because it was like part of my creativity that I'm not willing to keep hidden anymore. And it was like, an, hey, no going back from like, you can't hide out anymore, Vanessa. Yeah. And I don't want to. Anyways, like this is a very big creative time in my life right now. I might start doing like some art. I've also cleaned out some space in my garage to do more artwork. Yeah. I love and that. My dad was a famous artist. I come from a long line of famous Canadian artists. And I always judged them, you know, so interesting, you know, broke, starving artists. So I was like, oh, don't do that. But now I'm like, let's clear that out. And so I post this picture on Facebook and the judgments that I received from people, like people closest to me, like my mother, my sister, my partner at the time. And I realized it was so fascinating to see people's projections, you know. And know that, like, hey, that's your projection of this. That has nothing to do with me. That's your judgment of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think art and creativity is really this divine feminine. I think there's, you know, more women are waking up to that right now on the planet. And maybe you're going to lose some people on the way of really claiming yourself and taking your power back now. And I think that's the real rub. And if I do write another book, and I hate writing books. But I seem to write really good books, but I hate it until I get into it. But if I did write another book, it would be called Standards to Serenity. That's like the first part of this, right? You make a new standard with yourself about, I don't care, making more money, being in better shape, being more healthy, healing your emotional body, moving, traveling, being more spontaneous, being more open, being more intimate, whatever it is it starts with a standard yeah. and I always keep this, you know, set high standard. Mm-hmm. I always keep this mm-hmm. you know, right here on my desk. Yep. But it's that process of setting a standard means that you're going to enter the unknown. You're going to go to a place you've never been before. You're yeah. going to do things you've never done before. Yes. And some people are not going to come along for the ride with you. And that's the risk. Recently I got into doing like crypto and this bot thing and it's awesome. And, People are like, what's the risk? Oh my God, is it safe? What's the risk? I said, well, dude, I watch a video of some guy, a tree comes in what cacks the house in half. So, you know, like you get in your car every day, you take a risk. You could sit in your house and get whacked by a freaking monster tree. There's a risk sitting in your house. For me, the risk is living life, letting fear run your life instead of love, run your life. Love, lead your life. God, lead your life. Yeah, that's the only risk for me. And I'm not interested in letting fear run my life anymore. And I think a lot of people can attest that Wow, during this pandemic, did fear ever come and wow, take us for a freaking ride. Me included a woman's empowerment leader who's been teaching women how to overcome fear was overcome by fear. Yeah. So it's been a really radical journey of tuning back into that source, God source power and filling up with that. And looking at coming to my relationships, giving love, not trying to get love or safety. Yeah. one of the things I've been teaching, you know, it's like, it was very humbling, a very humbling experience to like come back to my work, kind of like a student. (laughs) It was really like reading my book, like, shit, I need to read this book, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about taking back your power and what that looks like. When a woman is going through a time where she feels the farthest away from herself, where does she start when it comes to, it's almost like taking back the power, but also finding her power once again. Some women never even have felt empowered their whole lives. So they're discovering it for the first time, but really I'm interested in when a woman feels the farthest away from herself, how does she even begin that process?
1: Well, I mean, there's a few ways we can go at this, like all roads lead to Rome, but you could take a plane to Rome. You could swim, you could walk, you could take a bicycle. Like there are many ways in, and I believe it's the same thing with taking our power back now. I could take you down the road of looking at your inner child and the ways that we, we abandon that part of ourselves. Yeah. I could take you down the road of decide, commit, expand it's a really simple three-step process. You make a decision, you commit, and then the expansion happens. I could talk to you about prayer and connecting with your higher power. I could talk to you about getting into your body and feeling your feelings. I think this is really probably one of the starting points for women. When I was going through the divorce, I remember feeling like I got to go hire a yoga teacher because I got so much pain in my body. I won't even do yoga. I won't even do it. I'm leaving the yoga center and thinking maybe if I get hit by a car, there'd be a good way out of this mess that I created in my life. And I had a booming business, you know, and a marriage and everything looked really good, but it, it didn't feel good. I didn't know about trauma. I didn't know. I didn't know about any of that. So The beginning, really beginning, beginning part is actually allowing yourself to feel your feelings and to not abandon yourself.
0: Yeah, it feels like feeling our feelings is intense because, you know, the human experience is the most unique when it comes to the emotional aspects we're here to experience. If you talk to people in the spiritual community, there's other Consciousnesses that don't have that's the uniqueness of being human is like the roller coaster of emotions that we may or may not experience. And I think as women, we tend to experience more of that because we aren't as closed off as maybe men are to their emotions. But women, we're also burying our emotions in a lot of ways. And I think it's because there's so much shame behind feeling. I'm somebody who can feel like very intensely and very deep and that can be scary sometimes, you know, it's easier to be more surface level or to just like let things roll off and just almost become numb. I would just love to hear more of your perspective on what breakthroughs can come from us
1: allowing ourselves to even feel our emotions. Well, it's, groundbreaking, you will change your whole life, you'll have peace. What really happens is that we either have our wounded inner child running our life, or we have our whole resourced adult self running our life. And all of the numbing out or the addictions, let's call it shopping on Instagram, porn, Netflix, eating ice cream, pick your poison, okay? Any kind of addictive behavior is a way to numb out to not feel the core feelings of that wounded inner child. Yeah. So we're talking about heartbreak, loneliness, hopelessness, abandonment, rejection. You know, that's going to come up. I mean, that's going to come up in your personal relationships. It's going to come up in business. Business is all about relationships. So having the awareness of like, who's running my train right now? Who's in command? Who's in charge right now? It's not your fault. No one teaches you the real shit in school. I don't know what they teach you, but when I was in school, they don't teach you anything useful at all, like managing emotions or right. you know, processing emotions. Most people were not raised with proper role models. Most people were raised with parents who are unconscious and have trauma themselves, shut down themselves. We have a whole culture of this. It's bred in us to like go and shop and consume and buy and watch Netflix and avoid your feelings. Yeah. And there's so much power there because when we have these shadow parts of ourselves that we're not even aware of or the shame that holds us. I, I did a lot of work with women around in business. I used to do this. I did a live event in San Diego and it was so rad, but like 70 women talking about like taking your secrets and turning them into the sacred, right? Share your truth with love. That's bringing shame, like, and there's like toxic shame, which is like, I'm a bad thing. And there's guilt, which is I did a bad thing. Yeah. Right. So the healing journey, I've always been fascinated by it. I studied acupressure acupuncture with an acupuncturist many years ago for several years that just like Chinese medicine. Wow. How the emotions impact the body was a massage therapist in a past life. I mean, I'm still on this healing journey personally. I'm not some doctor with PhDs. All I have is my life experience to share with you and my stories and my soft, pink, imperfect, vulnerable underbelly that I hope inspires people. Yeah. And to come circle around, like what's possible when you start feeling your feelings is you're going to feel like shit. You are going to break down. It is going to come apart. And feelings only last like 90 seconds, right? But if you show up for you, if you can show up for that wounded part of yourself, that abandoned part of yourself, and you can show up as that parent maybe that you never had, wow, yeah. then your adults. You become whole. You stop being this fragmented self. And what happens is your reflections in life, the people, your relationships, they change. And let me tell you what, they change fast. Okay, yeah. And when I started doing this work, I mean, I ran a company with like 30 people on my team. They all started going away. So did the ex-husband and his kids. Everybody started going. I lost a lot of friends. People that were in the wedding, like good friends of mine. I lost a lot, but I gained myself, who I am. Yeah. And I gained peace. I gained presence. And I I tell you what, you cannot put a price tag on that. So
0: powerful. Thank you, Vanessa. It does feel like a lot of choices we make are out of this deep, deep seated unconscious or conscious fear of being with ourselves, AKA alone. And a lot of people's decisions are driven by that. So it's only when things hit the fan that a lot of us realize certain relationships or people in our life, we were very asleep to the fact that they're not good for our life for us, for our expansion, for our growth, or they're maybe allowing us to stay small. It's well, like a great it. excuse, right? We use other people as excuses and it's not really fair to them. But and let's not judge
1: that because it was perfect to get you where you are now. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love They that. were perfect. They were perfect. Mike's husband was perfect. The man that I was in relationship right after Mike's husband, he was perfect. There was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and judge my consciousness back then. Mm. This is really important. Deep here. I love her. Right here. This is so important because it's the journey again of setting high standards and walking through the fires of hell, emotional hell, pain through to serenity on the other side Mm. and having kindness, care, and compassion for yourself. When you're living the karma of your past decisions, when you didn't have the consciousness that you have now, and can you forgive yourself? Can you actually, when you find gratitude for every step in the journey, you know that check the box, you're on to the next level. We live in this reflectionary universe. Mm -hmm. We really do. And change happens really fast. Consciousness, I don't know if it's like we're on hyperdrive here or there's some new expansion level here happening. It's almost alarming. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when we start waking up, becoming more conscious, more aware, more whole, why would you judge or condemn a adaptive mechanism that you and your six-year-old or you and your nine-year-old or you and your three-year-old made to keep love close to you. Mm. You would not judge yourself for that. You would not condemn yourself for that. You'd have kindness, grace, compassion for that part of yourself.
0: Yeah, it does feel that a lot of taking back our power has to do with owning the fact that we are here to learn lessons i think a lot of people are seeking this life that is free of pain and but spiritually like we know what this landscape is about like the earthly plane is ultimately the most perfect environment to learn the most intense lessons at a soul level for our evolution and I believe we are just a soul in a body. But the body, like you said, holds on to so much until we actually go into the lessons. You know, sometimes for me, I get very stuck because I'm trying to understand the why. And there isn't always a clear why. I would love to hear your perspective on that. Like a lot of people get stuck in why did I go through certain things? Why did this happen? why did I make that decision? Why, why, why? And it's like, we're plagued
1: by the why when really, sometimes we're not only really, you know. know. And like- It's maybe- a great question, Lauren. And yeah. it, it really is the why, why, why is actually, it's unfair and it's the inner wounded child. Yeah, okay. The okay. inner Go wounded child is it's unfair, it's unfair. We're here to learn love. Yeah. The end, I had it tattooed on my arm. Real love is the only thing that's real. Could not agree more. And when we get into these loops of why, why, why it's so unfair, what's wrong with me? There you go. You find right there that core. See, suffering only happens with the things that we tell ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Right. We're meaning making machines. We only suffer not by what happened, it's not even by the behaviors that others do or don't do in relationship. And this is my biggest trip right now coming out of this past relationship is like, wow, whether this person chooses me or not, whether this person communicates with me or not, where am I giving myself worth on somebody else's behaviors? And yeah, there's a really interesting body of work that I've gotten into called inner bonding. Mm. It's looking at We either come to relationships to give love or to get love. And if we're coming to relationship to get love, then we're going to spiral into all of the control dramas, you know, like caretaking, caretaking, codependency. Well, withdrawing is also control, Mm. being unavailable, shutting down, also control. Totally. It's, It's so fascinating. And so as long as you're making somebody else out there, the source of power that we're gonna we're talking about taking our power back now. It doesn't come, you're not going to get it out there. It's the same thing with money. Money, you can't take millions of dollars and stuff an empty hole and expect it to be okay with the money. I did that, you know? Yeah. And for a long time, I was a little bankrupt girl in Canada. So for me, like, wow, making a lot of money was like a way to prove that I could be worthy. yeah. Prove to myself, you know, to like distance myself from my family to be like, hey, I'm going to prove you all wrong. I'm going to make a bunch of money. Yeah, I did it. I did that. I was able to do that. I've taught thousands of women how to do that too. And I could also see that's kind of a little control drama. Let me go and rescue or make a ton of money or caretake and then I'll be good enough. Yeah. Right. In order to not feel all of those core feelings. Right. Yeah. Know thyself. Right. Confucius says, Know thyself. I don't think there's any more worthy mission to take here, but doing that inner work. And you know, I always tell women, like, strap your tips on and let's get to work. But I'm talking about the inner work. Yeah. Right. Because then you are, I think, just elevated and more and more loving yourself. You realize, you know, the reflections that you have, your relationships improve, your relationship with self, you have much more peace. You can still have money, but money's not the driver of your life. You're not using it to like keep love close to you or to be worthy or... Hold on super tightly. Yeah. I want to ask you about your
0: take on attachment and like being detached or how we get attached, you know, emotionally to things and people and how
1: non-attachment plays a role in taking our power back. Well, we can go a lot of ways here because we can look at like, you know, the, there's a book called Attach, which is great. We're looking at like in relationship, having insecure, avoidant, or ambivalent attachment in relationships. Yeah. We can talk about that. But I think the question that you're really after is like, how do we manifest things? And so it's really interesting because, you know, I've taught this process, this I'm a conscious creator process to like thousands of women. Okay. When I was going through this this process of getting divorced and like, oh my God, like what the hell happened here? You know? Yeah. It kind of made me question everything I taught and even looking at my business, like, wow, what if I stopped being a coach, you know? Mm -hmm. stop running masterminds who's vanessa simpkins without being the high-powered freaking ceo boss Mm -hmm. freaking bikini business coach whatever the fuck you're gonna call me you know like who am i without the labels where's my value like what's you know this whole thing of identity who am i if i'm not married you know like whoa yes i know i did some really looking inside But I came back to this, I'm a conscious creator process that I was able to teach thousands of women because it works. And it's a process that really looks at some of Neville Goddard's work, some of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich work. I still use it to this day. I still use it to create, to call in everything that I want to experience. And it's the what, it's not the how, it's the what. Mm. And can really trip people up. I mean, we can go into like human design and talk about projectors and generators and manifestors and reflectors and, you know, different strategies for living life, for living the the real self versus the not self. But there's a lot of people that want, they want to know every step before they do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so now we're, we're getting into actually like human uh-huh. design is another tool that I like yeah. to use because it's going to, you're going to understand how you behave and react. So for me, I'm a sacral generator, four uh-huh. one. So I'm a natural networker. I have a huge network. That's my gift. Yep. And then I am also the one is the foundation. So it's right. actually pretty insecure in relationships, which I don't want to hear about that. I'm like misconfidence and cash flow. I'm like, well, actually, the one's pretty insecure in relationship. It's foundation, and I bridge juxtaposition. So I love relationship. I loved. It's like it's like my thing. Yeah. We bridge both worlds. So the reason why I bring that up is because people have called me very impulsive my whole life, but that's right. actually how I operate. If <laughs> it's a fuck yeah, if it's it feels good in the moment, it's, it's all in. Here I am, boom. Yep. That it. if you ask me a question, and I tell you I don't know, I'm lying to you. It's a yes or it's a no. It's mm-hmm. It's uh. Uh-uh. It's right away. I know it, and I've always been that way. And it used to drive me nuts when I had like meetings with my executive team, and they would just fucking pepper me with questions because I had the answer. Like right now, in the moment, bang, yes, no, do this, that. Da 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 da. It's yep. Great for being a CEO, right? Yes. But other people don't operate that way. Other people. You know, need to plan and that, my God, and you can on complete. Like- yeah, process. Mm-hmm. But the real, like, gist of non attachment is, I guess, you know, really believing that the source is this, like, God, source, spirit really wants the best for you. And you're not going to get it the way you think you're going to get it.
0: <laughs>
1: so just forget it. Like, Get the what, get really clear on what that looks like, what it feels like, you know, and Neville Goddard, if you don't know his work, he's like the ultimate manifesting guru. He passed away in 1972, but for me, like, wow, that's that dude, I learned more from him than maybe any other master or guru that are, you know, expert that I studied, but he would say, you know, your concepts, your concepts of self and your imagination. So looking at how the subconscious gets impregnated by feelings, repetition and visualization and really double down, like double down on the laws of creation. And then just knowing that life wants to serve, like God, source spirit wants to give you, wants to delight in your delight. It's not going to come the way you think it's going to happen. Yep that involves the detachment, right? Yeah. It involves the resting in peace. Right. And then here, now we're going to talk about trauma again, because if you're always constantly in your head, judging yourself, bringing yourself up, not wanting to feel, you are spending so much energy hanging on to old shit, protecting your heart instead of loving It's like a puddle that's like somebody took a stick and like muddied up the stick versus when a puddle is just there's water, you can see all the rocks, you can hear your intuition, you can hear the voice of God. So having a calm mind and an open heart, able to connect to source and rest and be peaceful, then you can tune into your intuition, which is always going to give you the fastest, most direct route to the next step to get the next step. To yes to your goal and then you know being present actually allows you to receive like the person the phone call the thing the idea that you know the next step and then all of a sudden you're there and you're like oh my god ha here it is yeah i love all that it's very
0: <laughs> it's very timely for me in my personal life right now but what is your perspective on how we can release these things like, I think a lot of people talk about letting go, but we know letting go is way harder than just, oh, let it go. Like, yeah, I know. to let go is so difficult. I'm seeing certain aspects of things I've held on to subconsciously that then, of course, they come to the surface consciously. And I'm like, I thought I moved through that. So talk to me about your perspective on letting go and releasing and what you've seen work in the most powerful way for real for real to let things go
1: well it happens very somatically in the body that's why I love dancing I love breath you want to think of a dog right like I have a little dog here Houdini that I got in Hawaii many years ago and Houdini you know gets up out of the bed and shakes right right and you know they go downstairs the dogs or they go outside and they shake you know, and they get up and they they shake, so they're they're shaking things out of their nervous system
0: mm-hmm.
1: And to really let go of old patterns of old protective behaviors, of addictions, of unloving ways, unloving judgments, criticisms, it's got to happen in the body and through breath work. So yoga, breath work, somatic healing, dance. Your issues are in your tissues. That's, and then having compassion for these younger parts of you that picked up these strategies. That's really embracing that, not judging, not trying to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get over it. That's pretty harsh. You know, when I looked at my own ways that I used to protect myself from love, it was really harsh. I was harsh. I learned that. And I love my mother. I mean, I love her, but she was that way, very harsh and very critical of herself. And so, as children, you can't live without your parents, right? So, you abandon yourself or you judge yourself or you shut yourself out so that you don't lose your source of nourishment, life, love, you know? So, letting go is really a process of becoming aware of these unconscious mechanisms and loving them, loving yourself. Yeah.
0: I do love the concept of like they move through the body so that that way they can be released. Like when we move these emotions or like you said, the coping mechanisms or protective strategies, they're actually able to move in general and just get like unstuck and then move out. And I think it's all about the power of intention too. Like having the intention to let go. Some of us like we hold on to things because it's scary to let go. Because it's like, what's on the other side of that? It's crazy how we hold on to things that are painful but comfortable.
1: It's yeah, like, it's and scary. people included. Yes, people, relationships. Yeah, titles, jobs. I mean, I work with so many women around starting their own coaching business. So I mean, let's look at like this idea that your job is what makes you money. Okay. It's not money is an energy. It's, you know, God source creates, you know, this energy. It's, uh, there's so many ways that it can come to you, but people get so attached to like, Oh, it's my safety. It's the job that brings me the money. No, it's not. So walking them through that switch to look at that really profoundly and in depth was really interesting, but we, we yeah. hold on to people, even if they're not the ideal. And again, now we come back to standards. And I think it's a really tricky conversation, especially in relationship to be like, Hey, this is what I'm after. This is what I want. Like my trip is to be in a relationship with people who are open, able, willing, ready to grow. Yeah. Because that seems to be a purpose in my life. You know, my name, Vanessa, Vanessa in Latin means butterfly. It's like the mm-hmm. ultimate symbol of transformation. I love learning. I love learning about growth and transformation. My whole life is about it. And I don't think I'm ever going to stop, you know, until the day I croak. Right. And I don't think that everybody wants that. That's it. Not everybody wants to go to the depths of those things. Nah, not really. And that's so okay.
0: That's okay. Yeah. And being confident enough to trust that when you're in your highest power, you will attract in those people that are in alignment for you.
1: It's knowing for me, like I know this process now, I've taught it to thousands of women and I know that you have to make the space for the things that you want in your life. You have to make the space because nature, is a law, nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah, and it's the hardest thing to do, especially in relationship when you love somebody, to let them go because they don't want the same things, or they're not ready, or they can't meet you, they don't want to, they can't meet you emotionally, or, or intimately, or financially, you can yeah. still love them, but you could love yourself and say, hey, i gonna make space for somebody that can meet me, will, wants to, able to. Yeah, It's the ultimate act of self-love and it's fucking hard.
0: Yeah, and that kind of leads me into safety. What's your perspective on, I'm very interested in this concept of feeling safe. Is it impossible to expect that we're always going to feel safe? Like we do have to take risks, but a lot of what holds people back for so many years or where we find ourselves being stuck in those repeating patterns is because we don't feel safe. And a lot of what I've learned is that Sometimes we have to pull the rug out from underneath ourselves, or like you said, there's divine intervention situations that happen that just, they're catalysts for growth that we would have never put ourselves in those situations, so the divine steps in. But I also think there's something to be said for like visibility blocks, and we don't feel safe enough to be seen, so we stay hidden. This has been like something I've I've realized I did early in my life.
1: So there's a part of you that you don't want to see. Yeah, right the end there's a part of you that you're not willing to see have not seen yet have not met yet so all of the things that we it's projection and right? a lot of it is just unconscious yeah it's, it's nothing to beat yourself up about it's just you don't know about it yet mm. this idea of visibility blocks you were talking about where not being seen safety that was it now we're talking about being triggered. So now we're coming back into the attachment wounds, and that's what happens in a relationship. That's what happens in business. You have a client that, you know, doesn't pay you or is afraid, or, I don't know what, you know, ghosts you or, you know, I mean, you're going to be met all of the time, all of your life with yourself, mm-hmm. until you get it. Until you love those parts of yourself, it's going to happen again and again and again and again. Someone's going to continuously not respect your boundaries because you're not respecting your boundaries. Yeah. Hello. You know what I mean? It's going to happen again and again and again with that person. Maybe you change your relationship, but the you know the your hair color changes, but it's the same patterns over and over and over because you didn't get that lesson yet. You didn't own it. But safety is really key. I mean, you create safety within yourself. Mm-hmm. You have a safe and secure attachment with yourself. Right. You have a safe and loving relationship with all parts of yourself. And then that's the only thing that you're available for. That's the only thing that you will attract back to you because that's what you are. You don't get what you want in this world. You get what you are. Yep. It's a trip. It's a real trip to you know look at the ways that we project this person's like this in your mind, you know, you're saying he's emotionally unavailable. And you're like, shit, right. I'm emotionally unavailable. Let me <laughs> take a look at where the heck I'm emotionally. Unavailable. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's, yes. Huh. You know, all the anger, all the blame out there. This, 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 you know, it's all us. We're all God. We just can't see ourselves.
0: No. So we, have other,
1: we have other people to show us ourselves. Yes if we don't like it, well, it's part of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's taking radical responsibility right there. And that's another thing that I love teaching women. I love processes. I love, you know, my brain works in like systems, like figure it out and then put it into a one, two, three, four, five, six step, you know? yeah, Love that. Uh, Very generator. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I had this process that I taught women, which is really about looking inside at their negative beliefs. And it was like, step one was taking radically honest look at what the heck lives underneath. Right. Let's go look in the mind here. What's right. Look at this It's a radical, no judgment, just like a good look what's in there. Yeah. Taking radical responsibility for that. Because we know when, we feel it. We know what so is showing up or is not showing up. Let's take yeah. radical responsibility for that. And then having enough radical self-love to do something different. Mm, I love every that. Every day. Just like a shower. Just like working out. Right. You yeah. know, you start to smell after three days. If you don't have a shower, if you don't do your morning ritual, your affirmations, your whatever that is, your prayer work, your connection. You don't do that after a couple of days, you're, you know. If you don't go out in the garden and the the weeds come up, it's consistency that really breeds transformation. And it's boring. It's not sexy. No, it's consistency. It's discipline. (laughs) That's the unsexy shit that's going to get you everything you want. You know, that's the work.
0: That's the work. This was such a powerful conversation first. So thank you for all of your energy and just how authentic you are. You are leading by example and living your truth and also owning your voice. I think you really do an amazing job of owning your voice. And I know you're inspiring so many women to own their voice, not just like what you speak and teach and lead about, but also like your physical voice, like the tone of it, Feels so evident of the work you've done on yourself and how you like live and breathe
1: this. It's really inspiring. So, thank you for leading in that way. Thank you for seeing me. I hope that it shows people that they don't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Mm, I make mistakes all the time. I fail all the time. Yeah, we all do. It's part of it. It's part of the process. It's required. You know, and you're going to piss so many people off. Yeah, You're going to upset so many people off when you start taking your power back. Now do it anyways. You know, the most important thing I think is that you you wake up and you like who you see in the mirror. Yeah. You'll be of service to no one if it doesn't start there. I know. That's people are going to judge you anyways. They're going to judge you whether you get out there and make millions and help millions of people and whether you don't, they're going to judge you anyways. So who yeah. cares? Listen. You know, opinions are like assholes and everyone's got one. Right. You may as well be yourself. Yeah. Love yourself. as well enjoy your life. And give love too,
0: which I love that you talked about. To end here, like what are three practices or rituals that you would offer to a woman listening that wants to, like if she were to start tomorrow, like you said, committing and deciding I'm taking my power back. What would be those practices that you think are great to start off with?
1: I think the first one would be cultivating, you know, a relationship with a higher power and surrendering like Fact. so hard yes. to be like, hey, I need help. So one of the most, one of my, I guess maybe the toughest lesson has been surrender. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let me invite God's source spirit into this space of my life where I am floundering. I suck. Love and that. Then, so that prayer. I spent many, many weeks of my life in certain places around the world just praying. And I think that would be the first part. It's like, that's really letting go of control and like surrendering. Yeah. The next thing I would do is have a morning ritual process. I don't know if you know Hal Elrod, he wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. He was Mm -hmm. a super rad dude that I met many, many years ago. And he had this process, which was like, do a half hour of exercise and then do some writing and then do meditating and then do journaling and then do your affirmations. And it was all in like this, this hour in the morning. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. And so I kind of formulated my own version of that morning rituals. Yeah. Which included, uh, that's part of the, I'm a conscious creator process. You know, it included affirmations. It included gratitude your plan for success and Napoleon Hill talks about and thinking and grow rich, you know, and then I also look like getting out of am here. Like you see me after the gym, you know, I put some eyelashes on here, but I still got my workout stuff on. Yeah. Move your body every single morning, get the endorphins going. So having a really good morning routine and ritual, I think is really important. And then I would say, start doing things that you love, mm. you know, the things that you've given up. Ah, so, I love like, that. Is it dancing? Is it horses? Is it art? Is it listening to music? Is it, right. you know, your friendships, you know, because I have this little book that when you come in the house and it's this little book with a frog on it, and it says the purpose of life. And it's this cute little book I found in my chiropractor's. And it was so cute. I bought it because so, it was so cute. And it's really all about the whole purpose of life is to enjoy your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and your purpose comes from the things that you enjoy the most. Yes. Your purpose comes from that. Like, I love to tell stories. I love to have big eyeballs on and tell stories. You know, I love to inspire people. I love to dance. I love to make good food. I love, yeah. you know, I love people. I love having rad conversations love having deep, real conversations with people. Your purpose is going to come from the things that you love. Start getting back in touch with, you know, because the only thing that's holding you back is like what judgment of yourself. You're not, you shouldn't, you're, you're guilty. You know, you don't deserve it. Blah, 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 blah. No these stories. No time. I have to put other people in front of me. You have to have to have to have to take care of everybody before I can take care of myself. Right. Stories. It's all it's all trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, and then having some a lot of kindness, grace and compassion for yourself when you're on this journey. Mm. Some people will never take the journey. Mm. You know, I always tell my clients, like, pat yourselves on the back, pat yourselves on the back. Most people would never. They just stay in their comfortable, uncomfortable job that they hate. Because it's convenient, yep, they'll never do what you're doing. They'll never have to face the haters online, right. I got a hater the other day from a woman who who made this trust pilot review. She's like, "This woman is a some bikini business coach or shutting down her coaching business because blah, blah blah, I'm just like, oh my God, I see a review like that, and I'm like, this is how much this woman judges herself. Mm-hmm. I have compassion.
0: That's right. What a beautiful place to end because that's where we have to constantly come back to is self-compassion and compassion for others because we're all experiencing a version of a similar journey. It's just about the areas intention. we're here to like use as our learning landscape. That's what I've learned, you know, abandonment, rejection, unworthiness, it all is a version of the same thing, you know, and it's that we we really do have to learn that we hold so much immense power inside of ourselves. And a lot of us just think that we don't have that power, but we do. And so I appreciate you coming on today and and really talking about taking back our power and finding it within. So thank you. And thank you for the work that you do in helping women heal so deeply because it's powerful work. Thanks for having me on, Lauren. This has been rad. Mm, Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon, and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low.